Greetings and welcome to Terrible Reviews, a podcast where the movies don't have to be terrible because the reviews will be. I am your host, Seth Hancock. Joining me is my co-host, Michael Bragg. What up, what up? Are you nervous about today's movie, Michael? Nervous. Um, I'm not sure I've been nervous about a movie before. All right. Well, just don't panic, especially if you have low blood sugar, because today's movie is Panic Room. That's all. Released released March 29th, 2002, directed by David Fincher, coming off of Seven, The Game, and Fight Club. Written by David Kopp, Cope, Coep, who cares? Uh, Coming off Death Becomes Her, Jurassic Park, Carlito's Way, Mission Impossible, and The Lost World. Like This dude was on a fucking roll. Uh, the cast... Kep. Kep. All right. K-E-P. Kep. Is that a German? Uh, I don't know. This is from pronouncednames.com. I don't Bundesliga? A... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> German, yes. Origin right. of German. Awesome. The casting couch. Top build, Jodie Foster as Meg Altman. Familiar faces, Kristen Stewart. As Sarah Altman, Meg's daughter, Forrest Whitaker as Burnham, Dwight Yoakam as Raul, and Jared Leto. Leto, Leto. I'm never gonna get this right. So can as, I do? Can I do? As junior. Yeah. Can I say something real quick? Can we get? Yeah. Can we just stop? And it's really bad in Scarface, but can we stop hiring white people to play Hispanic roles? Wait, you think Jared Leto is playing a no, Hispanic? No, Raul. Raul is not oh, even a white Raul. person's name. Oh. It's I think a that's Spanish just, name. I think he's like, I don't know. I think I don't think that's his real name. I think that's his go by. I don't know. But I mean, it, it, that's so. He's the wild card, man. He doesn't need a real name. His name doesn't need to make sense. But okay. yeah, I can totally see that originally supposed to be like. Michael Pena or somebody, and they're just like, okay, we can't get him. Uh, Dwight Yoakam, keeping Raul though. Yeah, Benjamin <laughs> Bratt or something. We've done this before. Blue Diamond Phillip. Okay, all right. Let's not name every random Hispanic actor. Um, so the terrible synopsis on this one: a newly divorced mother and her diabetic daughter buy an expensive townstone in an upscale New York City neighborhood with a secret room built in to protect them from potential danger, which immediately and predictably becomes necessary as three intruders break in on their first night. You should have said, and predictably on day one. (laughs) You knew that, like, how soon can they make this panic room uh, yeah, how soon can they make it useful? Like they just forced it in immediately. But yeah, okay, anyways. I just thought about this real quick. So that's one of my notes. On the fucking first night is what I wrote down. <laughs> like really. And then the other thing, I just thought about this. Like, yeah, I think they could have at least played out one night, like one day night sequence real quick. Like maybe um uh Kristen Stewart gets herself trapped in the panic room, like just fucking around or something, and I can't get out. And like, not really like super serious, like get her out and then she gets scolded and then, yeah. And then that's it. And then that night, you know what I mean? Like, there's just no setup. It's like, Hey, um, we're going to go to sleep and I'm fucking going to cry in the bathtub while pounding this bottle of <laughs> wine, I guess. Yeah. 
and just absolutely hammered. She was shit fit. That, that's one of my other notes. How drunk was she? Like, <laughs> okay, How we're already getting this? into all the. <laughs> okay. All right. It's a all right. really long night, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's do some foreshadowing here. Uh, so before we watch the movies, we take a look back at memory lane and we try to try to rehash kind of what our, what our feelings were with this movie. I had this rated as an A minus. This was a really fun movie for me. I don't know. Uh, I don't think you had that same kind of high expectation brag what was I mean, before we get into what our feelings were i mean did you have a, a high value or high expectation of this movie before you watched it i had it rated as a b plus uh, okay we're yeah from what i remember this was a pretty badass movie so yeah. we would have been in high school when this came out uh i think i would have been 16 and just had my driver's license so i was um you would have been going is, into your junior year i would yeah. have been going into my sophomore year well it would have been the end of freshman year yes you're right and this would be the end of my sophomore year and i remember i was 16 and um i already had a beard at this time but you know the anal retentive suburban uh movie theater managers the high uh highly respected individuals that they are were sticklers i remember having to sneak into this movie i remember uh, Death to Smoochie, Van Wilder, and this movie came out like the exact same weekend. All of them were R-rated. And I bought probably four tickets to see The Rookie uh, and then snuck in. So like Dennis Quaid probably has like 200, not 200, probably has like 50 bucks of mine um, that he has no business <laughs> really earning. Uh, I remember I snuck into Death to Smoochie once, Van Wilder twice, and then this movie and uh yeah i just remember it being kind of like one of those first movies i snuck into as a kid um and i remember it being surprisingly good i had no expectation i didn't know that david fincher was anything um that wasn't you know i knew that seven was cool i knew that fight club was cool but i didn't know that there was any kind of common thread between them so for me it was just like oh that was kind of a cool movie i didn't expect that yeah i don't have any sort of remembrance of where I watched the movie. I, I put, I thought maybe I went to the theater with my mom. Uh, Using I the parents to get into an R-rated movie. So. Classic. No, I think it's just one of those like, hey, you want to go see a movie? It's like, yeah, I guess. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> I would protect you if you if you were diabetic and we had three <laughs> random intruders breaking our house. I, I'd save you. Sorry, uh, that's how I imagine my mom would have oh, taken it. No, not mine. She no. My you're on your own <laughs> yeah pretty much you'd be like fuck this like <laughs> there's no way i'd be fighting anybody i'd be getting the hell out of the house uh i also remembered like the opening credit scene being really cool like i don't know why it didn't seem on like my normal tv it wasn't anything spectacular uh, but i just remember like in the movie theater being like holy shit this is the coolest thing ever they're putting the names of the cast and crew in the city who would have thought it? Like, I don't know. I Again, probably says more about my mindset when I was 16 than it does about the movie. Um, I was just watching, re-watching uh, the beginning of it just because I got distracted earlier. Um, I had the complete opposite thoughts of the credit scene. I was like, <laughs> what? This Why? is so tacky. <laughs> Why are they doing this? This is literally almost nothing to do with the movie other it than has kind of showing the location. It takes the entire movie takes place in one building, in one house, in one townstone. Yet here's the entirety of the city. 
that has no content. Well, I mean, okay, anyway, yes, you're right. In hindsight, I mean, we can get into that in the end when we revisit memory lane, yeah. but yeah, that was a stupid one. I'm well, wrong. There's only like two or three cities that crime happens in. Yeah. Right? In in the movie. Democratic cities, right? Yeah. New York, Chicago, <laughs> LA. LA. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and whenever to... the, and anywhere near a border. Oh. Yeah, well, oh yeah. god. Okay, sorry. Let's move on. So along. they had to make sure that they show, hey, this is this is the East Coast one. This is <laughs> this is the most dangerous city in, in America. There's no beach and palm trees here. There's no lake and and windy big shouldered people. You yep. know this is New York. <laughs> big shouldered. Oh god. Big shoulder. That goes know, our whatever. Chicago market. Um, <laughs> My hometown. And our, and god our damn po- it. Our Poland's. <laughs> po- what do they call them? Polacks. Yeah. Polacks are going now. Well, not all Chicago people are Polacks. They just we just have neighborhoods that are Polish. Anyways, uh, the other note I had was I could tell that Kristen Stewart was going to be a star based you off this did, movie. You did freaking not know that like 13-year-old Kristen Stewart was going to be a Twilight amazing Oscar-winning actress. You had no freaking not, idea. Wait, Oscar-winning? Where's... I don't know. She you, win one for like Adventureland or something? Oscar? No. I don't know. She felt like an MTV movie award. That's good. That's the same thing. That's my equivalent of the Oscar. It's the pop culture Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Maybe I did. I knew that she was like, there was something. She had talent. Maybe not a star. I didn't didn't anticipate her meteoric rise in whatever Twilight is. Tween, young adult, whatever. I don't know. Have you seen Twilight? I have not seen a second of Twilight. It's not that bad. Oh, all right. Let's move along. It's not that bad. I think I saw the first three. After that, I stopped. But I don't. How many are there? I don't know. I think there's at least Four? five. Oh God. Okay. All right. Well, that happened. Come on. Um, <laughs> anyways, while while you do that research, we uh, you know after we do the foreshadowing, we actually watch the movie. Um, and the first game we play, or the first category we talk about, is cliches. You got it, dude. So there's this... a total. The Twilight Saga is a total a combination of books and movies, which ranges to twelve books and movies. One, God. two, three, four, five, five movies, I believe, and seven books. So there's what? Okay, well, right. that would be the simple math. Yes, correct. 12 minus 7 minus 5 would be 7. Yes. All right. Anyways, let's get into cliches. That's uh, uh, that's the most I think I've ever talked about Twilight in my life. Uh, uh, least favorite part. So let's get this part over. Yeah, cliches. So we have a bunch of cliches we talk about in here. Uh, let's run through these. So the first one is the sickness. I mentioned straight off the bat, the diabetic daughter. It's not enough to just have three burglars trying to rob your house. You need to have some kind of sickness to heighten the drama. I mean, it's just you have uh, it's like the you know, just the way they heighten it in some way. Um, God damn it. Like Paul Blart mall cop vibes uh, where he has to have like a pixie stick with him at all times. Um, I don't know. The sickness. Um, Generic heist movie. Now this is more probably of a a movie archetype than a, I don't know, whatever. Uh, But it's just too many to count. But like during the late 90s and early 2000s, this was just like, it seemed like there was a like three or four of these every year, whether it's like an Oceans movie or an Inside Man or whatever it was. Italian, um, 
Italian job, yeah. Uh, then also the other archetype is the inside job. There always has to be an insider <laughs> who knows all the details about exactly what was created. And, you know, there's this magical twist where the guy who knows all the secrets becomes the guy who ends up uh, being the only person who can possibly overcome whatever barriers he's put in place. Um, and then the last one I have here is criminal with a conscience. Uh, movies often try to humanize criminals and depict them as like some kind of nuanced, multifaceted people where being a criminal is only a portion of who they are. Um, and one of the main tropes they try to use to like humanize them is giving them some kind of conscience and like, oh, we're only doing this because our family is poor. My wife is leaving me and we have lawyer fees and I make promises to my kids. And, um, you know, they have like more, but, you know, they're criminals, but, you know, they have like morals and stuff, whatever. Uh, all right, let's move along. Uh, okay, so before we get into the heavy stuff, let's do some stretching. Let's get through the best five minute stretches. Um, Brag, do you want to go first here? Let's let's get you involved. So I think the first first best five minute scene comes when they actually break into the house, um, and then we are introduced to the live full on panic room. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's raining. You have Sarah and Meg asleep, and like we said, Meg is like hammer drunk. Um, <laughs> And then you have these really cool shots that are setting up everything. They take you through the house. And then Burnham's sneaking in through the top floor. And then all of a sudden, uh, he realizes that there's shit in the house and people in the house. And uh, all of a sudden, it's immediately on. And then, uh, so yeah, Burnham goes downstairs. He lets J Junior in. And then all of a sudden, Who's this Raul guy? So now you have this wild card kind of introduced and setting up kind of essentially the main chaos throughout the movie. Yeah. So real quick. So the main, the third floor, that's the one with the, no, the fourth floor is the one. With I the get lost, bedroom. man. There I'm are pretty sure the top floor, rooms. the fourth floor is the one with the master bedroom. The third floor is the one that she's that uh, Kristen Stewart's on. The second floor is like the main floor, and then the basement. Yes, four floors. Yeah. So this mother breaks in to the top floor where she's sleeping using the fire escape, of course, because every and, New York townstone has a yeah four and, fire escape. And like, like I don't know what that's called, like reverse welding or whatever. Like cuts through the metal. <laughs> with with fire and it makes a ton of noise it made a ton of noise on my tv i can't imagine what it sounded like in the house so but she's not waking i mean those the alarm goes off she doesn't wake up she's just yeah. completely unfit she's drunk man like Passed you've out. never had a solid drunken slumber i've had a lot of solid slumbers <laughs> a lot of solid slumbers uh okay all right i'll let that one slide i guess but that's a lot of noise man yeah there, there's a lot of issues there um my next scene i had and again i don't know if we're going out of chronological order you might have one before this um my next coolest one was the i call this one the propane scene um so they're trying to get in with a sledgehammer but making no progress burnham finds a propane tank and a hose and starts breaking through the drywall the crew starts pumping propane into the air vent and junior has nothing to do with this plant so okay this is going to come back later 
but just understand what Junior's roles <laughs> in this heist are and what his actual plans may have been. Um, so then, and then Raul starts cranking up the gas and like, so he's all immediately the wild card. He's going nuts. He's got this like thirst for blood. And Meg notices the gas is coming in. She's putting, what is it, duct tape to cover the vent. It doesn't work. And then eventually she gets one of those long stem lighters, <laughs> sticks her arm like shoulder deep through the vent. Vince and of course, stem. yeah. And of course, uh, Junior just happens to put his face, that the, the right side of his beautiful Jared Leto face, right up against the wall. She lights it, gas ignites, and Homeboy's entire fucking face and right arm just go up in flames. Yeah, he starts like <laughs> picking off pieces of his jacket, and it like it's almost vomit worthy because it sounds the sound effects on that when he takes so it off. So gross. The he's of the just skin. like ripping his skin off and throwing it off, and he's he's just like he's steaming, smoking like he's literally smoking from his face and from his arm. And so, yeah, that was my next scene, too. And I wrote down real effect. (laughs) Yeah. Really with that, with with him and with um, kind of the, obviously the explosion above them is because the gas has risen. Science. But (laughs) I don't think you can stick. I don't think you can do that. Doesn't her arm blow off, too? Like, how her arm is in the gas? Well, I think maybe it's because it's, I think it's like the whole like you're pissing on a an electric fence kind of thing, right? I don't Or you pee on it. Haven't you heard like if you pee on an electrical on, yeah, a, back on to an the electric Tommy fence, it'll, episode. sure. Yeah. So maybe it travels back towards the gas first and then back. I don't know. I think if we're trying to break down the scientific basis of this movie, I think you and I are in trouble. And well, so, you so went to Purdue. Movie. You went to Purdue, and I was in as, AP as a liberal arts major. <laughs> and I was I in can AP talk chemistry and Spanish, so I should I should know a lot about this, obviously. Uh, but like, okay, after that, Jared Leto is more pissed than he is hurt, and they never mention his burnt off face or his burnt arm ever again. Like these these criminals have, are just impervious to pain after the fact. Like he they pops have a the, bunch of pills, doesn't he? And smokes crack. Yeah. <laughs> There's only yeah, I can't believe a house in New York City doesn't have any Percocet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> all they have is Midol and Tylenol PM or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we'll talk more about that. Um, Bragg, you want to take a take take a stab at another one here? This is my last one, actually. Oh and God. Okay. I titled it "The Last Gasp." <laughs> when they get everything, <laughs> they finally got there. Um, Spoiler alert! I'll just say it. I'll just, they've got their loot, um, and they're on their way out. And uh, then, kind of for them, at least, well, really for everybody, the shit kind of hits the fan there. Do you want? So you're it? talking about the whole Bur- last scene. Burnham has the twenty-two million dollars now, so it's no longer three million dollars. It's full on twenty-two. He has it all. Sarah has like home alone to the house and booby trapped it. <laughs> She's got her like Meg, husband. Meg has. Meg has. Oh, sorry. Meg. Yeah. Meg. Meg. Uh, damn it. Yeah, my notes are fucked. Oh well. Meg has done it. Uh, 
and then Steven and his broken arm even has like a gun set up to hold on. Like it's it's super messed up, man. My favorite part of that scene, of course, it has Raul getting jacked in the fucking face with a mallet, going over a banister, falling down a not a flight of stairs, but like a flight of living living levels, and doesn't even get affected like he is crawling back up the stairs five seconds later and just like completely ready to pounce so i just tried to reenact i i promised you that was like the oh, one of the last thing that i tried to, that i had to do was kind of rewatch the last 15 20 minutes because the i was a little distracted by the kids but um i tried to read i watched him fall so first off the dude gets fucking plastered in the face with a that's squared up yeah like that's not like a foul tip that is like yeah and this isn't a a hammer like even with a normal hammer it's going to do a lot of damage this is a sledgehammer that probably weighs 40 pounds i i don't i'm not the tool guy you know know either i don't know that probably i mean i'm pretty strong so it's probably i know those are probably like 30 30 pounds but either way she totally squares him up John Carlos Stanton's this dude over <laughs> over the fence and he lands. And this is the part I tried to reenact was I tried to lay down and put my right leg out the way that his right leg is out when he falls and they show it. And it's like out to the side and like backwards a little bit, I think. And so then like somehow he's this crawling little... across the floor with yeah. the pallet as a crutch. But and he we, climbed we haven't upstairs, mentioned yet he's, he's already had three fingers cut off yeah, by yes. the door. We haven't talked about this yet. But that His entire hand has got to be shattered. Yes. Yet he's using a two-handed crutch, gets on top of her and is getting ready to like two bring hands. it down two hands yeah. upon her face. And then some, they cut to somebody picking up the gun and blasting <laughs> blasting Raul in the back of the head. Yeah. And who is it? Forrest Whitaker. It's Burnham. Yeah. He's back, baby. That was pretty cool. He had the escape. He was out the back door. And he just was so pissed off at this asshole, this wild card, that he had to come back, pop him in the back of the head. And then by the time he gets back out, all of a sudden SWAT's there and he is fucked. And he loses the point to million. No women and children. Yeah, that's the rule. Like, yeah, that's the Leon the professional. That's the rule. No women, no children. Um, But yeah, uh, it's a great ending. I think it's strong. There was two other, three other scenes I just wanted to mention really quickly. When Junior quits, um, (laughs) <laughs> that's when we find out that it's actually $22 million. It's just terrible planning. Um, Raul and Burnham getting into the panic room. And then uh, Burnham has to give Sarah or has to, yeah, has to give Sarah the insulin shot. Um, and he says, it wasn't supposed to be like this. Like, I don't know. I felt kind of, as a parent, I felt kind of bad for him. Like he's don't get yourself in these bad situations, man. But like, I don't know. Uh, whatever. We're supposed to feel bad for him a little bit. And, He's supposed to be redeemed by killing uh, Raul at the end. We get it. We get it. Whatever. Um, And then when the cops show up, I thought that was one of the weirdest scenes. Like that dude was fucking grilling her and gave her every opportunity to be like, yeah, there's three fucking guys here taking over my house. Please, please get them. 
And it ends up coming out that like every single one of their tricks that they had been trying to do, the SOS with the lights, the screaming really loud, um, all of the noises that the people, that the intruders were making that actually had, uh, and then Steven, the ex-husband, every single thing that they had done actually had worked. Like the cops came because of those things that they did. Um, so ultimately it was just kind of one of those scenes where, um, it really you have a chance to end the movie right there at like an hour and 20 minutes let's get this thing over with but of course uh we need some more bloodthirst we need some more dead bodies we need to rack up the kill count so i don't know that was my that was my last uh last scene i thought worth uh, worth mentioning i'll let you go first with picking a winner what was your what was your favorite scene the last scene oh yeah yeah it has to be yeah all the way to the end. I the one part I didn't like at the very end, and I thought was a little corny. Um, the, the whirling winds. Yeah, the whirling yeah. winds, and he puts his hands up in the twenty-two million dollars in bonds. Drop, drop whatever's in your hands. And first off, first off, <laughs> if this movie was made in twenty twenty, yo, I god, think he has a chance to, <laughs> to let go of anything that he's got in his hands. Yeah, that was my first thought. Was yeah. There's an extra body bag. If, mm-hmm. uh, and it, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a sad thing to think about. Um, yeah, my favorite part of that, obviously, the ending, the twist, everything going back and forth, it's all great. But I couldn't help it, as, as we've already talked, we've broken down <laughs> Raul just dragging his body across and just reminding me of like that horror movie psycho killer who just won't die. And just like uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining, just like, and then when he gets whacked in the face with a mullet and shot in the head, like that's the big reward in this movie when they just nuke him. That's, I don't know. It's a good payoff, I thought. Yeah, I did not know that this movie was rated R until you said that. And then I just thought about the, just the two gunshot scenes. Yeah, they're, are what, they're super. Yeah, they have a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of blood and like stippling and all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, there's lots of cussing, like Christian Stewart's on, like, uh, don't, what? Don't. Okay, there's a, the there's, the a, next... there's a lot of cussing. There's a lot of R rated stuff. It's, yes. I didn't, I don't know if it would have, it could have been effective as a PG 13 movie, I think. But, anyways, let's move on. Um, so that's our winner. It's the last scene. Absolutely. Uh, next game, most memeable moments slash LOL moments. So obviously, slash, doing... here's a new one. Oh God! Slash oh shit moments. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> all right, all right, oh, all right. I like shit. that. Like that. Like... I like that. That's going in the template. Yeah. All right. Because I had oh, one shit. of those, and I was like, I got. I wish I was prepared for that. Yeah, there were some definite oh shit moments in this. All right. Yeah. Let's let's uh, since you're setting the table here with oh shit moments, let's go ahead and roll with oh shit moments. Go well, ahead, I just Greg. stopped you from saying one of them. One of them. Okay. Which is an LOL moment, actually. (laughs) (laughs) With little baby Kristen Stewart in there. Her mom's trying to talk shit through the um, intercom. Get out of my house. (laughs) Get out of my house now. I will count to three. (laughs) One. (laughs) I am stern. She just said, I can't remember what she was saying, but then Kristen Stewart just goes, say fuck. And then Jody Stewart, fuck. Fuck. Get out of my fucking house, mom. <laughs> Say fuck. Yeah, fuck. that was, I didn't have that one. That's pretty good, though. You're yes. right. Yeah. <laughs> that one was good. Uh, I had one where 
uh, that made me laugh was when, again, this was Sarah, uh, uh, as she's waiting for Burnham to give her the shot, and uh, uh, Burnham's like, oh, mom must have a lot of money, right? And uh, Kristen says, dad's rich, mom's just mad. Like, I don't know, for some reason, that just encapsulated kind of New York City townstone living for me for some reason. So that was a good example of that. that yeah, that was a good one. Um, I've got kind of a weak one that kind of made me LOL a little bit when uh, Leto's character was all sorts of pissed off when they finally got into the panic room and he, he breaks the mirror. It's the only one, one thing <laughs> Raul says in the entire movie that I was like, yeah, that's pretty funny. And he just goes, that's ah, seven years of bad luck. And it's like the dude's clearly super pissed off, and you just come in with super hardcore dry humor. Well, it's seven years of bad luck, idiot. Uh, and then the other one, real quick, and then I'll <clears throat> let you. We'll snake draft it. Um, when uh, Meg is is trying to call her ex husband, and the uh, the bitch picks up the phone, the new Nicole Kidman girl. Yeah, and she says, she says something like, "How late is it?" or something, and she just goes, "Put him on the phone, bitch." It's just, Your fucking wife's on the line. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I wrote down, and I, I just now hit me. I'm, I'm wondering if Jodie Foster just doesn't swear very much, um, or if maybe she just hardcore played this character just perfect. You're but, right. I can't really think of her. What about GI Jane? Did she? blind spot yeah me too yeah no idea that's the only thing i thought of as i was saying what i was saying but either way the way that she swears in this movie fuck and then when she says (laughs) put him on the phone bitch and like the way that she said bitch i just i learned how to cuss (laughs) just pure just i learned how to cuss (laughs) that's how she talks Well, that's like the oh god, yeah, like the Clarice Starling, like super southern. Uh, I'm right, bad that's at fine. It's yeah, fine. Let's but yes, on. that was my yeah, that was my <laughs> funny. Thing. You said this perfectly. Uh, my last two, I have one last quote and and one gif. Uh, that's the only one I had, but um, the quote when the cops are there the first time. Uh, the second cop who's been watching the the one cop one cop grill uh, Jodie Foster, uh, Rick. Uh, okay, well I have to set this up a little bit more, I guess. Um, they're talking about so she had called Stephen. She goes, "There's three, and then it cuts off, and so the cop that's grilling her is like, "What's the end of that sentence?" And she's like, uh, "If you come over tonight, there's three things I'll do to you if you jump into bed with me tonight, or something like that." Uh, and so the the second cop who's been standing there watching this go on the whole time goes, "Rick." Do you do you want to go or do you want her to tell you what the three things what three things? <laughs> I don't know. That I thought that was pretty funny. Uh just screamed like typical New York cop to me. Um and then the one gif that I've used from this movie, um, and I almost used it today in our group text uh when you were triggering me, um, uh, was Sarah in the corner of the panic room rocking back and forth, <laughs> doing whatever little blood sh- uh low blood sugar shakes. Uh, which of course now in uh, in GIF language means like nervous or triggered or you know some kind of that kind of vague assertion. So that's what I had, and that's what I thought. Um, again, before you added the oh shit element, that was what I had selected as kind of the best GIF because uh, it was the only GIF, and I didn't want to choose any of the quotes. So that that's what I had for best 
best kind of pull from this movie. Gotcha. So the other two things that I have are the two oh shit moments, and those are both of the gunshots. That's the yes. Jared Leto one, which I totally forgot that dude gets capped in the head. I thought he just left. Like right. he's just gone. Like he's gone the last hour, like 45 minutes of the movie. Like I in my head, he's the main bad guy. Yeah. But I totally forgot he gets just capped right in right in the eyeball. Yeah, I think he's getting ready to leave. Eye, he quits. And then just you see Raul step out behind Burnham and just shoot him from across the room right in the right in the like was the forehead, I think. Yeah. yeah Perfect right shot. His eye. Yeah. And then they drag him on the floor and shit like that. Yeah. And then pan to, hey, there's the ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Okay. All right. We're getting so much into Okay. Um, so let's, so did you have a, what was your best moment? What was your best takeaway then since we've kind of expanded this topic? What oh, was your favorite one of those for you? Say fuck. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And I'm kind of pissed I didn't think of that. So I'll let you I'll let you have that. I'll stick with Sarah shaking in the corner. Uh, whatever. Well, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> the next uh, next category here is clock check, and we've added the uh, the phone check to this as well to to make up for you, Bragg. Uh, at what point, if any, did you check the clock to see how much time was left, or did you start fucking around on your phone because either you were bored or uh, I don't know, whatever else happened? Life happens. You go first. Tell me what. Tell me what you did. No clock check. Ooh. One, one phone check. All right. How long was it prompted by boredom, or was it just like? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was when they were kind of doing a little bit of the new house montage, like the move in, getting ready for bed. So we're talking like 10 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Okay. It's a, yeah, it's not the quickest pickup. No. I'll give you that. But it is like only an hour and 51 minutes, I think. Uh, It's under two hours. So it goes by pretty quick. There's not a lot of dead spots. So I didn't check my phone. I didn't check the clock. I was just, I was in for the ride. Uh, so nothing, nothing to report there. All right, let's get into the big ones here. Let's get into the award season. Let's take a look at MVP. So what place, person, thing, concept was the best part of this movie? Uh, I'll go, I'll, I'll make a nominee first. Um, I have the heist crew. Um, a lot of these movies, they kind of, they don't do anything with the crew. It's just kind of generic bad guys. They don't really develop any characters. You can disagree with me if you want, but they had Burnham, the inside guy. They had Junior, kind of the spoiler alert. He's the grandson of the previous homeowner. You have Raul, the wild card, who's not even supposed to be there. Clerks. Uh, uh, I don't know. I thought they had pretty good motivations. It's not just, oh, we want money. They kind of said Burnham has the family issues. Uh, Junior's angry about the estate. He's the pissed off grandson. And then you have Raul as just like the complete psychopath. So they all have kind of motivations. And then a lot of the biggest twists in the movie are how they fuck each other over. So it's not just that they're trying to fuck over you know, the people in the house and the grandpa. Um, you know, they're constantly fucking over each other. So I don't know. I thought it was pretty strong. I think a lot of these movies, that's probably one of the weaker things. So I wanted to at least give them credit for that. I wholeheartedly disagree with you. Okay. Outside of Forrest Whitaker, I think that. And I love Jared Leto. Leto, Leto, whatever. Um, I thought he was too much. 
thought his guy was too much in this. Like, too much crackhead, too much. Like, how can you be a crackhead and not want $22 million? You know what I mean? You know how much crack you can buy with $22 million? We'll split three ways. Like eight, a month $7 million. No, dude, people, poor people <laughs> smoke crack. You can, buy, you can buy my house. You can fill my entire house full of crack. Not a big, what do you, we I don't, don't have crack be, listeners. I don't know. I don't know anything about crack. It's crack not I think it's like cocaine is like way up here. And it's like, you take a little bit like of cocaine cheap... and mix it with like tied bleach pods or something. And that's how you make it. And what crack. was that like vape he had? He had like a vape crack. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> He was technologically advanced on that crack fight. All right. Anyways. You, okay, you but yeah, I really don't like him, talk. and obviously we know that I don't like Raul. You don't like Dwight Yoakam? Mm-hmm. All right. You you give me a nominee then. Give me something better because I'm clearly not I'm not up to your standards here for for nominees so far. Kristen Stewart. Um, reason being, I don't know how, how old she is. I can't remember if they say, but I'm gonna guess 14. 14, maybe 13, 14. Not 13. She would have been a smart-ass little bitch if she was 13. So probably 14. Um, not. I'm not saying that a, a woman would be a bitch, Seth. I'm just saying I was a smart-ass little bitch when I was 13. Yes, yes. Uh, so, you get to you calm down a little bit more, I think, once you're yeah. familiar with teenageness. Once you're 14. That 13 is a tough one. Immediately. Yeah. Uh, once you turn into 14, then you're like, okay, dude, chill a little bit. Yeah. Um, so she knows Morse code. Uh, apparently from <laughs> titanic cool and then she also knows how to strip wire with her teeth like if i was 14 i think maybe i would have known by 14 but if i was a here we go so if i don't I know how girl, to do any of this stuff now so i was a so girl say what you want to say <laughs> and i was 14 go get your wife go ask her if she knows how to strip wire with her teeth uh if i was a girl and i was 14 and my mom was like i need you to strip these wires i'd be like fuck and then she just does it with her teeth which is pretty badass and then she survives a fucking diabetic seizure yeah and then stays alive with bad guys for like an hour badass and apparently you knew she was going to (laughs) be nickelodeon award-winning actress her eyes um just how yellow and (laughs) gray they get freaks me out every time um but yeah i, I agree she's she's great like i have no rebuttal your nominee is better than mine so far okay fine um i'll give one um since you're going with her i will go with jody foster um i thought she was great i thought she fit the role pretty well um i don't know she was both believable as kind of the sad scared divorcee and then she also had to double as kind of the bad bitch trying to protect herself and her daughter. I think it's a tough tightrope to walk. Um, and she showed the vulnerability and like the broken brokenness. Is that a word? Um, up front, uh, but ultimately ended up being kind of the heroine. So um, I thought she played a really good job. I don't know how. I don't know. I, because we've seen this movie made in other contexts, I feel like Halle Berry has made this movie like two or three different times. Um I don't know. It can go wrong. I think she did a really good job with it, and I think she's pretty believable. So I'll nominate her. All right. Yeah. No argument. Um, my next MVP, I think, is uh, the literal sense of the of the words "most valuable player." Um, 
it's got to be Forrest Whitaker because okay. without him, they dead, man. All of them are dead. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He so definitely he comes has in the saves most the day, dynamic. Bro, wins the game. Yeah. He has the most dynamic arc for sure. Um, what about the house? Are you a fan of the house? Like that's fucking sick, right? The, the, the house is sick and that's what I've got in my notes, but we'll knock those out now. All we do is fucking watch movies with amazing houses in them. <laughs> All of them, I think. Well, it's Tommy Boy. Well, no, no, Tommy, Tommy Boy has a great house. His dad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the hotels aren't, yeah. but the house is great. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. And then, um, and I don't, again, I don't mean to be this guy, but where did she get the money from? She states that, what, listen. Okay, sorry. She states that she's a student at Columbia, mm-hmm. but... She just got divorced, right? It's pretty fresh. She doesn't have the money yet. It's anticipatory money, it sounds like. I'm just asking for a friend. Do (laughs) these kind of transactions move this quickly? Or is this... um, But... uh, Coming on the the podcast later is... uh, How do you get a credit? Track Club founder, Garrett. No. um... Okay, so why don't you listen to this? How about this question here, genius? How do you get a freaking credit line on a mortgage when you're a student at columbia and okay. a recent so divorcee break, with no money what color skin does she have mm. what city does she live in mm. what what economic tax bracket did she live in previously mm-hmm. i Come don't on. know where she lived before west well, her, her ex-husband oh yeah right yeah her ex-husband was what a an international financier mm. he's an old foreign guy and his apartment is right across the park from her. They make a point like they had to move in super close to each other so that if there were emergencies, he could come save the day. Ironic foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think they I don't know. I I think it's anticipatory money. And I don't I think banks have uh, again, this was pre housing bubble. So this is I mean, they're just they're handing out checks. You had me at white. <laughs> you had me. You had me at white. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. You have another MVP. I I'm have one, one last one. What, sorry. What'd you say? I'm done with my. Okay. My last one is David Fincher. Um. So I think he's one of the best directors of our generation. Everything he does is so watchable. Um. This isn't his best work. Um. But there's still a bunch of really fascinating and technical shots that I thought were really cool. You seem to be less impressed by them, but as they move through that house. That's like one of the coolest tours I've ever seen. The way they kind of uh, take the shots, the kind of they make them seem like one shots from different stories, and then going through the house, kind of on you know front door to back door shots. A lot of really cool stuff. I was a big fan of him. And after this movie, I was like, "All right, David Fincher's a thing." That's I guess that's that's official. Seven and Fight Club weren't just like I don't know hip nineties things. All right. So that's all I got. Let's declare a winner. You want to go first here? Um, I I mean I just had two easy ones. I'll I'll pick uh, Kristen Stewart. Okay. I went David Fincher. I don't think either one of us are wrong. Okay. All, all right. right. Let's not fight about it then. Now let's have fun with these next ones. I think at least I'm gonna have some fun with them. So oh, I've see. got some good ones. I think we've got some talking points here. LVP. Okay. All right. All right. You want to you jump into it? You're the one excited. Sure. Let's roll yeah, it. let's get this one out of the way. Uh, my first one is uh, the female realtor who is a pure C-word. 
Oh. Um, and if she if she talked to my to me or my brother like that in front of my mom, oh, or your kid. Done. If she talked to your kid, oh, no, I, I mean, can't, your kids I couldn't hit her. Eleven years from now, I mean, but yeah. But oh God! You, oh you! No, don't parent other people's kids. No, unless there's like you know. Or unless I'm like, it's ongoing. Or unless I'm at your house, and then like, <laughs> I actually have to tell your kid not to do something. Well, we have we have more of an open relationship, Tia. Uh, <laughs> all, right. all right, yeah, I'll give you that for sure. Um, all right, I'm gonna jump straight to uh, plot holes. Uh, there are a bunch of plot holes in this. Let's get through them. Um, and these are just ones I've thought of. I didn't even scour IMDb. I'm sure there's a bunch of them. I'm sure I'm copying things they've already said, but whatever. Uh, when Sarah and Meg are in the elevator and they hit the emergency stop and they're in between floors, why didn't they just wait there? Like, fucking chill. Like, wait it out. <laughs> they're going to be out of that house in an hour. Move on. Like, they can't get into the elevator. The elevator's safe from the fucking panic room. Dude, she's... she's... Is claustrophobic. You find that out in like the first yeah. eight minutes of the of the movie. I don't know. Fuck I that, have some you stop me in an elevator. I'm gonna lose my shit. I'd re- All right, I'm. They should just let him go. They should just let him go rob the twenty two. I'd rather have a panic attack than <laughs> have a. I'd rather be like, listen. Me. I'd be like, listen, guys. Just go ahead. Just yeah. go. Go do your so, thing. Okay, so this leads me into the next one. So once we find out that it's not just three million, that it's twenty-two million, why doesn't Junior just think to cut Meg and Sarah in on the deal? If there's twenty-two million dollars to go around, give them a million dollars or two million dollars, and there's no fucking problem. Like this whole thing goes away, and you still have twenty million dollars to split between three people. Like, wh- how do you not think of? Why don't you try to get them in on the deal instead of trying to make them the adversary? Wasn't. When he t- when he finally says it's twenty two million dollars, it w- wasn't it. Uh, doesn't Forrest Whitaker kind of flip his shit a little bit? Yeah, Raul uh, being there. So. Yeah, so they think he it's they think it's closer to ten to twelve million dollars. They don't find out it's twenty two until let, uh, Burnham's actually in the vault. So maybe I'm giving away a little too much, but uh, yeah. So they still think it's like ten to twelve million dollars at this point. So like you can break off a little piece for them, and like, I mean. I'll let somebody quote unquote break into my house and for a million dollars. Me too. I don't see it. All right. My last one is so speaking of this, so then Junior is quitting and getting killed. And they're down there for a long time. Two, at least two, potentially three floors below the panic room. And Kristen Stewart, she's in the diabetic shock. The the refrigerator they need to get to is what across the room or maybe a flight. Yeah. Across the room. It's down, down a floor. And, and but there's enough time for her to sneak out, get it and get back without being noticed while they're down there killing junior and Steven's, you know, Steven, the ex-husband comes in like, that's a long time. You have plenty of time to get out there and take the opportunity right then. All right. Those are my big plot holes. You give me another nominee. Um, for LVP, I'm going to go with unrealistic health conditions. Oh, good. Okay. Which we've already, we don't need to get back into it again. 
Um, I mean, a diabetic seizure is pretty intense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they happen quite a bit um, with, I'm pretty sure that's type A diabetes. Oh, do I um, have no idea. I, I think because type B, it's like you can just like chill and occasionally prick your finger kind of thing. But um, I th- that's pretty intense, but that's nothing compared to literally being lit on, on fire <laughs> and then having your face smashed in and your leg snapped in half um, yeah. and still Here's being able to fully happened. function. All the things that happened to our rule to Raul, he gets his hand demolished by the panic room door. He gets his face smashed with a mallet. He falls at least an entire floor. He gets stabbed repeatedly with three insulin pens, and then it gets finally shot in the head. None yeah. of those slow him down until he gets shot in the head. I'm, and they don't really show that he doesn't get up and just get arrested by the cops at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's mine. Uh, what do you got? Next. I had one last one, and that was Junior's plan slash leadership skills. Um, so here, let me kind of inventory all of the shit that he does. It's just completely ridiculous. Um, he thinks that 14 days in escrow is actually three weeks. And so that just happens to be. So they had 14 days where they business days, business days. No, business days. that's not how escrow works. <laughs> Anyways. So they had 14 days that they could have done this, but of course they chose day 15. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Uh, we, already, we already extensively talked about his crack smoking. Um, he doesn't tell Burnham about Raul. He gets his face and arm burnt off. He doesn't cut the phone line. So he pulls the phone out of the wall, but doesn't cut the phone lines. Uh, so they have plenty of opportunities to make phone calls out. Uh, he quits. So he's the leader and he quits. Um, he lies about the amount of money in the safe and he gets killed. So in the 20 minutes he's on screen, he manages or 30 minutes, whatever it is. That's his, that's his highlight reel. Uh, did you have any other ones? Yes. Okay. Okay. So the house, it's one of those uh, spared, no expense security cameras everywhere. 4,000 plus square feet awesome wood floors it's got a freaking elevator in it that only 10 percent, i think is what the realtor said houses skylight that awesome stained glass skylight and an incredibly just decked out panic room that has a fucking prison toilet in it (laughs) like what you're gonna have all of that but you're gonna have a stainless steel prison toilet in your panic room. All right, Bragg. I had this in the catch-all category. I am moving it up. I had a question for you, and it is, how soon into being trapped in that panic room would you have to use that metal toilet? Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. To either throw up or shit. I couldn't quite tell how big the room was. I think it was big enough for me to be like okay with as long as I had airflow. And once I found like, but if your wife and kid are in there with kids are in there with you, like they are eye contacting you the entire time a turd is leaving your orifice. That doesn't like, matter. You know this. I know because kids walk in on shits all the yeah. time. It's and you're terrifying. Married, so, well, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that's that just didn't really bothered me. So over under is like five and a half minutes. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Just a little side note, uh, a house that we did over the summer. um, The dude, uh, he's he's a uh, president of a local building company. I assume by did you mean robbed. What? (laughs) I was was making the assumption that you robbed the house, not that you did flooring or any kind of remodeling or anything like that. No, no, that's what we did. Flooring. Sorry. Uh, he has a safe room in his house and it's literally like a safe Why? door. I, th- I thought it was a panic room, but it's just safe. It's a giant safe, like a bank vault door And this. This room's big, dude. It's like five by 15. So maybe it's something he'll use as a panic room at some point. But I saw it. Only times I really saw it was after we put carpet in there. And there were some like filing cabinets maybe built in. A stockpile of AR, AR-15s. Yeah. You know what? There was a gun. There was a gun cabinet in there too. Yeah. I mean, at, I'm least, to think, yeah, at, least, it's, what... at least it's safe. I mean, if you're going to have guns, keep, keep them safe. Such, such a cool house. Yeah. All right. Um. Did you have any other ones? Because I'm getting ready to clear no. up. I got a loser. Go ahead. Uh, I went junior. Uh, well, not not him himself. Um, Jared Leto lets him off the hook for that. Um, I will defend him with my dying breath. Um, yeah, his plan, his leadership skills just completely uh, set every single downfall of this movie into, into effect. Yep. I'm going to go with, uh, speaking of him, I'm going to go with unrealistic health conditions. <laughs> you can't go wrong. Yeah. No. no. So that's no. what we got. There's a, there's enough losers to go around in this one. <laughs> to my other least favorite part of this podcast. Moonlighting? <laughs> yeah. We oh, never yeah. pick good enough movies. We don't watch good enough movies to, for them Not to win yet. Oscars. We will. We will. I have one. I have one for this one. All right. Moonlighting. Talk about Oscar contenders. See if there's something we should pull from this movie. Um, So let's talk about 2003. Um, There were a few good Oscar type movies, but I don't think they actually won much of anything. Adaptation about Schmidt, Unfaithful, Road to Perdition, Catch Me If You Can. Um, But the winners seem to be kind of from this list of underwhelming, forgettable movies. The Pianist, Gangs of New York, Chicago, The Hours. Who cares? Um, but since I went ahead and I like David Fincher, the pianist like... went nuts in this this year, didn't it? Yes, Adrian right. Brody, Roman Polanski, yeah, it's a whole thing. So I want David Fincher. I looked at who was nominated. It was uh, Roman Polanski for the pianist. He's the one who won, uh, but he's also a uh, a pedophile who drugged and raped a thirteen year old and has been on the run since 1978, so fuck him. I've never... Uh, wait, like the actual person? Yeah, Roman Polanski, yeah. His wife uh, was Sharon Tate, who got killed uh, in the Manson family murders, and then he ended up <laughs> transitioning into a child rapist, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, drug a 13-year-old, yeah. Yep. Uh, likely, likely secession plan. Um, so fuck him. I have no interest in... You know, giving any credit to anything he's done. Um, Chicago sucked. I, I have no... I, who gives a shit? Gangs of New York is probably Scorsese's worst movie, at least in the last 20 years. Um, the Hours and Talk to Her, uh, who gives a shit? All of them are bad nominees. 
uh, and Fincher should have replaced and beaten any of them. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, but I would even say they're probably he probably wouldn't even have won if they had nominated probably better movies like adaptation about Schmidt Bannockroom, Road of Perdition, and Catch Me If You Can. I think those probably should have been the uh, the nominees that year. So I don't know. Let's move on. Who gives a shit? Uh, catch all. All right, this one's fun. Let's get into the fun stuff. So we already talked about the toilet, so I'll have to move on from there. We've already talked about Jared Leto a little bit. Um, but I want to I want to ask this question: Why are the most handsome people so obsessed with maiming themselves or making themselves uglier? Like he is objectionably a very attractive man, yet he always is trying to like get fat, look ugly. Well, I mean, I don't want to say anything about Dallas Buyers Club, um, but you know, play something. That, I mean, obviously, as playing a transgender character uh, or a cross. Like everybody's skinny, skinny, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then when he plays, uh, oh God, the serial killer, where he gets super fat, not super ser- serial killer. What is it? Oh God. 27th hour, uh, uh, 23rd chapter, something like 20th, chapter 23. He plays a chapter oh, 27, chapter 27. All those movies confuse me. Um, yeah. What was it? Henry, is it Mark David Chapman? He plays, I think. Uh, and he puts on like a hundred pounds for the role. Some obscene fat guy. Like why did like, and then, <laughs> God, I have bad examples for this, but like when Zach Efron plays Ted Bundy, like I know Ted Bundy's like supposed to be like the attractive serial killer, but like I don't know. All these guys are trying to like be oh Charlize Theron and Monster, like you're fucking beautiful. Like I get you're trying to win an Oscar and it worked. Um, but like I like looking at you. It'd be like okay, I shouldn't say that because that's objectifying and uh, but they always uh I think they get off on trying to make themselves uglier and think that that's some kind of, uh, so why, (laughs) why do they do this? Just be handsome, Jared Leto. I'm jealous of you. And why the cornrows? Why the cornrows? What the fuck? (laughs) Because (laughs) cornrows means that you're a criminal. Duh. You're the bad grandson of a multi-millionaire. Oh shoot. I can't remember what it was. It was a pharmaceutical, whatever. I couldn't think of it either because I was like, why does he not need any? I didn't. This is the part I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to, I don't think. Yeah, because the both of the home, the realtors were just so unlikable that you're like, okay, whatever they're saying, I couldn't care less. Yeah. But the guy who used to own this house was super rich. So cool. All right. All right. So did you have any other catch alls? That's, that's all I had. No, mine are all done. All right. You take over, Brag. You play your game. All right, now it's time for Name That Movie. (laughs) Um, I actually just deleted the note on accident. (laughs) Uh, I believe it's around the 6 minute 40 second, 6 minute 28 second time. It's early. The uh, dude realtor, I don't know his name, don't care. He says it. He says, it's the panic room or something. Why is there? He's English, I think. I have no idea. I don't know if he's... So that's the part about New York City that's hard is like, is he just rich and fancy or is he British? So it's the Pierce Brosnan thing again. That's what you did last. <laughs> that's what you did last time. He's I have to say probably Andy McDowell in, in multiplicity too. This is an issue I have apparently. Yeah. No. So it says it at six minutes, and then the next one that I remembered hearing was uh, Kristen Stewart at twenty-eight minutes. Yeah, they, they say it a bunch of times. I thought that was a pretty safe one. Mm-hmm. They're in the panic room. 
Mm-hmm. How do we get them out of the panic room? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to one hitters. Um, this is where we talk about uh, the toll that my mom used to always make me go through after the movie, where we'd have to talk about what we learned or how it made us feel. So let's see. Uh, did this movie make you laugh, Brad? Like full laugh? No. A little bit of like, laugh. Inappropriately, yeah. right? It's yeah. kind of like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Dad's rich. Mom's just mad. Which three things? What was the one you had that you were, that you, uh, I was jealous that I didn't? Mom say fuck. Yeah. Those say are good ones. Whatever. Mom say fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you cry? No. Not even when they beat up Steven. Wasn't that no. so? They took a, they beat up that old man. Okay. No. Yeah. Not if he was an old man, if it was like a, like a regular looking dad, you know what I mean? And he's like a multi, multi millionaire. Like it's hard to feel bad for rich yeah, people, right? He kind of looks like a twat. Yeah. Um, they make you think. It made me think about putting a panic room in, in like my next okay. house. I didn't sure. think about that. All right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, did did you learn anything? Did this movie educate you? Mm, not this time around, but I think maybe the first time I kind of learned what bonds were. Oh yeah, right, what right, bonds right. Because it's not twenty two million in cash; it's bank bonds. Yeah. Um. I didn't have this written down, but I just thought of it because I've used the word twice already. Um, the, apparently, the term townstone, a brownstone slash townhouse. Um, okay, well, that's all I had. Uh, let's go to greener grass. So this is where we ask if there is, uh, it used to be, is there a better version of this movie? I change it to, is there another version of this movie? Because um, again, we do good movies, we do bad movies, we do everything in between. So maybe better isn't the right question. Um, so I said, yes, there is another version of this movie. And the two that, these aren't the only two, there's a lot of these types of movies, uh, but two that I thought of was The Purge. Now, it's basically a panic house instead of a panic room. Uh, the first one, or, so I shouldn't say the first one, because uh, there's also the first, per- I don't know, that movie spawned like four different sequels. So, um, but at least the first one, it's like a panic house. And then they tried to make like a funny version of this movie with Eddie Murphy and Matthew Broderick called Tower Heist. Um, again, I said they tried to make a funny version. Uh, I'm not sure if it's funny. Uh, it, uh, I'll say it. it's not funny, um, but they tried. Um, so I counted both of those. Uh, I don't think they're better, but they're just they're different versions of the movie. And they obviously don't have David Fincher at the helm. So I think that (laughs) that's probably the biggest difference between those. Did you think of any? Who did you say was in Tower Heist? Who did you say stars entire? You mother. Don't you ever put Ben Stiller down like that? Oh shit! You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Don't you put Matthew Broderick get out of here with your freaking Ferris Bueller's ass, Godzilla, <laughs> Chicago movie, motherfucker! Like get out of here, dude. I'm sorry. Yes, you got the I goat forgot. in there. You got the goat. Okay. Oh my bad. Okay. Did you think of anything? Yes, and you kind of stole it earlier in the movie. I think that this movie is basically an adult version of Home Alone. <laughs> where there's bad people <laughs> coming to break in and you're oh, hiding shit. from them and you need to escape or, you know, whatever. It's adult home alone. I way. hate when that happens. I pull, I point attention to it and then I overlook it in the obvious point. Okay, very good. I like that. Anything else, home alone? 
So yeah. obviously Home Alone 2, yeah. Home Alone I mean, 3 as like well. A, you know, there's like a <laughs> bunch of different ways you could go. I mean, like really, I don't know. No, no, that's okay. it. All right, let's move on then to modern movies, uh, where we ask if this movie can be made today, on what platform would it come out, and uh, if it could be made, kind of who would star in it. Um, Brad, you take a stab at this, please. Yes, it could be made. Of course. Uh, I don't think it would be in theaters again, although it did well first time around. It made quite a bit of money. Um but I would say Netflix, probably Netflix special. That seems and like a nice home for this. this they is, seem to make those types of movies. Yeah, this one's pretty easy for me. Um, just bump them up. So just oh. bump, uh, Kristen Stewart up to Meg. And just, I don't know what you do with Jody. Maybe you she make her play. like a realtor or something at the beginning. Or Oh, you know. that'd be cute. Nice. Yeah, that's it. I didn't do anybody else. I just did, did Meg. I can't, I don't know very many like child acts. Yeah, I, that's why right I now. cut it off of Meg too. Yeah, so, I, I, uh, so you a couple of weeks ago spiked my curiosity um, when you threw out Kate Beckinsale. Did more than uh, just spike my curiosity, <laughs> like something else. <laughs> um, and I, anyways, I remembered she'd been in a bunch of kind of action adventure movies. I think it was what the Underworld or whatever that movie is. Um, I don't know whether that franchise is. So I think she can play a badass. Um, I think she's she obviously can have a I think she can have a teenage daughter. Um, I think that might work. Um, I, I can't think of a lot of other and this might be a uh, I don't know. I hate to admit this. I can't think of a lot of other kind of strong female badass actresses. So that was the first one that came up in my head because she has the obvious background and kind of action movies. Charlize Theron would be really cool in this as well um we've seen her play badass uh i don't know those are a couple ones i thought of um one of the terrible versions i thought of was um you know that gina carano apparently has uh is getting back into movies so i, I wonder if this is her and ben shapiro's project moving forward it sounds like something they would uh cancel culture their way into gina carano gina carano She's the one on Mandal. Uh, oh, she's the. Star Wars. She's the, she got canceled. Yeah. 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 All right. Gross. That's what I had. Oh, <clears throat> damn it! What? Did I ruin it? We're not supposed to objectify. Objectify yes. or put down women. So. I think the idea of her is grosser than. Damn it! Never mind. Okay. Let's move no, on. You're right. <laughs> the idea of her more than her physical. Uh, yes. Let's focus on that. All right. Uh, One of my favorite new ones we've added, uh, rename the movie. So let's do this, Bragg. I tried to get creative here. Um, I thought about something to do with the shithead grandson, but I couldn't make anything work. Like, don't trust your grandkids. Of course it's him. Um, Something along those lines. But I I think those suck. Um, But then I did remember that his name is Junior. And I scoured my mind and I said, where do I know the name Junior from? Is there a... Is Dance there a calls? Junior? Is there Dale? A, <laughs> Dale Junior? Get out, get out there and turn some laps, Junior. Uh, on, junior. <laughs> and, and I remembered that there's another shithead kid out there oh, named child. Junior. Problem Child, dude. And so I was going to name this Problem Child 3. 
but I had to do a, or problem grandchild. There is a third problem child. I, I was going to say, but I, I had to, to do watch some research back in the day and found out that apparently there already was a problem child three where he was a preteen and was trying to move on to get close to girls, I guess. Um, so that's, I went with problem child four. <laughs> junior all grown up <laughs> jesus christ he's all grown up and has cornrows <laughs> do you only have one yeah that's all i have yeah okay god dude usually i suck at this and that was <laughs> i don't like that one <laughs> so i've got the same title but maybe like so the cornier one no i'll just do the first one so the first one would be the townstone okay Okay. Or the or or the other one, which is a little cornier, is like the Townstone Treasure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But the Townstone sounds more kind of badass. We, and then maybe Ben Affleck to... can't make the town later. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that'd be a night. Okay. Oh God. Yeah. We don't don't take that away from us. Um. Yeah. I think we run into this problem a couple of times. Some of the movies we've done where the title is so obvious that it's hard to kind of extrapolate something out of that um but i can i, I see that i that the townstone i think that makes sense um yeah all right um i don't know i, I think if they did it today i think it would be something about like women's empowerment though as well like i don't know something about like battered but not broken i don't know um I don't know. That'd probably be more of a domestic violence movie. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, next category: over under. Um, this is where we swap one actor in to make the movie better, and once and swap one actor out to make the movie worse. Let's make this movie better. Brag. Um, you go first here. Oh, well, first of all, I want to say the main five are spectacular. Uh, I know you don't like Dwight Yoakam. I'm going to say it. You can have a different opinion. Don't roll. Don't break your neck off at me here. Tell me I'm wrong. I had a hard time removing the five. You tell me where you tell me why I was wrong. I'm only taking one out and it's Dwight Yoakam out. And I, you know what? I need to make sure that this dude was like still doing or like actually doing stuff then, but I'm pretty sure he was. I would, I would think he was. Okay. Late 2001. No, became film, became known during the late nineties. Okay. So this is perfect. Dwight Yoakam out. Leave Schreiber. Ooh, Ray Donovan in there. I do like that. Cotton weary. <laughs> I just always think of him as, as Ray Donovan now. So that's, yeah. I could, but I could see him being like, I like he's that. clearly like the badass, I guess, of yes. the three of them. Yes. And so you don't need some like weird looking troll man. To be... Is it, isn't Dwight Yoakam a former country music singer? Yeah. Yeah. And the only other thing I remember him in is Wedding Crashers. He's in the beginning. Where uh, they are the initial couple, where he's he's the miserable husband, who like they're fighting over the the airline miles, and Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson oh, are like, oh yeah, yeah, just let him fuck his wife or let him fuck his girl. <laughs> he just needs some strain, some of that stripper growth. I don't remember. I yeah, can't remember the yeah, lines, yeah. but that kind of yeah. Um, okay, I get that. I like that. Um, so I want to. I went a different route. Um, like I said, I felt bad taking out the main five. So I focused on the husband. So Stephen Altman was some random guy. I have no idea who it was. I can't, I, actor, I think. Yeah, I looked him up. I don't remember. Um, 
but there was a guy coming off Jurassic Park 3 right around this time that has a little bit heavier of a name to him. And he doesn't have to be an old Ital- or an old international guy. He can be a, a normal, similar aged, just wealthy guy. I thought of uh, William H. Macy. I like it. I like it. Uh, but like Jurassic talk- Park 3, William H. Macy, not like drugged out, shameless. shameless. Macy. Yeah. yeah. Macy's played a lot of really cool characters uh, that he's been up and down. But yeah, that that kind of Jurassic Park-ish, Jurassic Park 3-ish version of him. Um, and then to carry over that parallel further, um, my swapping an actor out to make it worse, I took Jodie Foster out and took his wife from Jurassic Park 3 <laughs> and put in <laughs> Taya Leone. <laughs> oh, man, I love Taya Leone. I just watched Jurassic Park 3 with Buck like <laughs> two or three days ago, and I was like, all right, I got to I gotta work these guys in somehow. And because David Cope, cop, damn it, uh, cop. Cope, cop, cop. Uh, wrote Jurassic Park and Lost World, I was like, all right, I, gotta, I got a connection here. I'm going with it. So right. I swapped in. William H. Macy, <laughs> I swapped in Taya Leone. Okay. All right. Well, here we go where you're doing this game wrong again. Of course. Although I, I think that Taya Leone is pretty good. All right. So for me, swapping, I swapped two actors out to make the movie worse because you couldn't get any worse than Dwight Yoakam. So uh, let's switch out. I liked him, by the way. I thought he was great. Let's switch out Jodie Foster. And oh, boy. We'll put in Renee Zellweger. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, just imagine being all, her being in those all sucker mouthed. Yeah, mm. in those intense situations and like, there's a lemon in my mouth, and I'm gonna protect <laughs> my dog. And then trying to be like a <laughs> badass and like beating the crap out of you. Like, no, I weigh 78 pounds, and I'm gonna take down three men. And here's the other one that I kind of got stuck <laughs> on the last name, but the first name is the same. Um, with either one of these two making it worse, Forrest Whitaker out. Okay, the movie's automatically worse, whoever yes. you put in. Either either Chris Tucker or Chris Oh, Rock. my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be Chris Tucker, though. I think putting Chris Tucker in, since he's done the Rush Hour movies, at least he could play that kind of a character. Oh, God, I'm trying so hard not to do terrible impersonations right yeah. now. Oh. You told me three million dollars. <laughs> Twenty-two million thousand. Oh, now I'm doing Eddie Murphy. God damn, I can't do it. I gotta stop this. Oh man, that was <laughs> that was dead on the fucking donkey from Shrek. <laughs> you told me three million dollars, Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> anyways so i've clearly ruined my generation so let's talk about future generations Segway, i did it all right um <laughs> we are both fathers of young children would you show this movie to your kid um and if so, under what at what age, under what circumstances that? Would I mean, bring. yeah, I don't know how to describe a circumstance where this movie would come up, but it would <laughs> probably. I got yelled at when today, you build actually. the panic room in your house. You need <laughs> this is his training video. Yeah, this is what happens. Exactly. So I got yelled at for um, wedding. He, he wasn't watching. It was just on when it was on. It was almost towards the end. 
the last scene. She's like, I can't believe you're watching this with them out here. I'm like, they're fucking, they're two and eleven months old. They don't know what's Chelsea, going say on. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, now that I thought about it, they probably shouldn't be watching it. Um, I'd say between the ages of like fourteen and sixteen ish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I said I said fifteen or sixteen because that was the age I was when I saw it. If I could handle it, I, I would hope they that uh, my son could. And I don't really have any circumstances that I would, I don't think I have to explain anything to him at that point. Like if he's 15, I'm sure he's played enough video games where he's, you know, what murked a guy in the back of the head execution style at some point. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I thought. All right. Let's get into our, our last two categories here. Well, I guess the last category broke up in two little phases here. Memory Lane Revisited. So I gave it an A minus off the top. I'm going to go ahead and keep it. Okay. Okay. What did I say at the beginning? A B, I think B plus. B plus. I don't know oh, where. The deep breath is scaring me. Yeah, I don't know where my final grade, like my funny grade is going to be. I'm guessing it's dropping a little bit, though. I don't know. Maybe. So I didn't put a letter grade on it. I just did a funny grade. Which okay. maybe it's either gonna be a B or at the most a B plus. All right. Well, let me get through my little junk here first, then okay. so before we get to final grades. Um, so off the top, I said David Fincher is a is I didn't know he was a thing, but he's a fucking badass. I'll watch anything he does. Mindhunter, um, pretty damn, pretty damn good on Netflix. Uh everything he's done, I think recently has been great. Um, I know we talked about this. The opening credits. I will take the L on. I'm okay with saying that I was probably way too hyped as a 16 year old for whatever that was. Um, it, it didn't hold up. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Um, we've talked about Kristen Stewart a lot already. Uh, I thought that she was going to be a star based off this movie. You called bullshit on that. That apparently I was, a, you know, 16 years old and probably took a few too many hits on the way to the movie theater that night. All right, fine. You got me there. Um, but, but as we talked about, she's another blind spot for me, even though we're pretty much like the same age. I think I've seen only one movie that she's in, and that's Into the Wild, and she's in that for like five minutes. So I don't know if she's a great actress. Um, but as we've talked about, based off her box office titles and tickets sold, I think she certainly qualifies as somebody who has achieved star status. So I I will claim vindication on this, even though you're saying that my clairvoyance was uh, mostly hindsight. But whatever, I'm taking it as a win especially after the opening credits thing. I need I need something to feel good about. All right. Give me your final grade. Let's do it funny style. All right. So as far as my uh, holding up part goes, I said, eh. And then I said, the ending was more intense than what I remembered, which we kind of already talked about. So that actually upgraded one of the fingers to four Raul's <laughs> fingers out of five. He picks them up at the end oh, or yeah. at, at one part when he gets out of there. Kristen Stewart never... turns around and looks at him like, what the fuck did you just pick up? I had never noticed that before, but the second time watching it for getting ready for this, I was like, holy shit, he picks up some fingers. <laughs> um, okay, I like that. So I went with the panic-themed nature of this podcast. I, I had a terrible pun off top. I, I'm going to end with a terrible pun here. Well, I don't know if it's a pun, but anyways using that same theme um so i'm somebody who's had panic attacks i've had anxiety issues i've had to take xanax 
Sometimes you need a little half a tab of Xanax. Sometimes you need a whole tab of Xanax. I gave this movie a whole tab of Xanax. That's my rating. I I needed to calm down a little bit afterwards. Uh, that's all I got. All right, Brad. Last thoughts here. Let's wrap it up. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, all that weird shit. Leave us reviews. Say you're just following directions, whatever you want to do. We appreciate it. Uh, you can follow us on social media. I uh, We are at Terrible Reviews. I am at Seta5, S-E-T-A-H-5. Bragg, where, they, where can they find you? Find us at, find me at Braggley. That's at Braggley, B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. Awesome. Terrible Reviews is a member of the Shady Lawn Network. All rights reserved. It's shady. <laughs>